Good morning and welcome. It's the Patriot Radio News Hour live on this Thursday. One more day. That's right. Tomorrow is Friday. It's actually going to be GDP Friday. And it doesn't look like it's going to be a very good number. We'll talk about that and so much more. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group for over two decades. You can find us right here. Monday through Friday, our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. The website, www. I remember we used to say that all the time. www.allamericangold.com. And, of course, that is part of everybody's favorite. You go out there every day, get the news to disturb the comfortable, uh, all the videos that are up there. Uh, the podcast, the, the the Twitter, the Facebook, you name it. Uh, we're going to be the first silver giveaways coming, or gold giveaways, excuse me, coming to an end uh, this weekend. Uh, we'll have our first winner of that. You never know when another contest is going to pop up. So make sure you're following us on Facebook. That's where we do all our little fun contests at. Um, if you haven't done that yet, Patriot Trading Group in the as I, I don't know how many times we've got several of them, uh, but uh, the one that we're using now is starting to take over. Uh, but if you go to our website right below where all the spot prices are, you'll see the Facebook link. Uh, the Twitter link is right above where uh, the podcast is. I mean, we are the most interactive gold show in the world, and we're going to get even more interactive if that is possible. Uh, we got the metals plan, right? So many things. Make sure you look at that. If you want to roll over your IRA, we can help you do that as well. And I'm putting together um, a new IRA uh, rollover information that hopefully we'll have on the site here shortly uh, that will uh, kind of advise you because that's kind of become one of those things where all these gold companies out there are trying to tell you things that just aren't true. But Anyway, got a lot of things going on. Of course, the president's tax cuts. I, I will say this. I gotta love these Goldman Sachs guys, right? They're the best. Uh, Steve Mnuchin, he is the Treasury Secretary for Donald Trump, a former Goldman Sachs guy. He took a page out of uh, Hammer and Hank Paulson. Remember when we were doing the bank bailouts? The, Wall Street was not going to open. I don't know if you remember all that. And Hank Paulson came out and, and said, we need to bail out all these banks, and I need $750 billion, and it was two pages long. Uh, Mnuchin actually did a little bit better. We're, we, we, uh, we're going to cut taxes by $600 billion, and I'm going to do it all in one page. Uh, we'll talk all about that. Uh, the comparisons to, and you're hearing this now on Fox News, about the, well, this is a pro-growth tax cut, just like Ronald Reagan. It's nothing like Ronald Reagan. We're actually going to take us back in time. And we'll look at what the environment was then compared to what it is now. Uh, but the biggest thing, obviously, is they can't pay for it. And and, and they're going with the, uh, hey, we're going to grow, and, and the growth it will help offset, which it will. There's no doubt in my mind. 
It'll offset some of it, uh, but it won't, you know, $600 billion. We don't stand a chance to offset that. Uh, but we'll talk all about that. We had a bunch of economic data uh, points out. Uh, the first one had to do with durable goods. These are the long-lasting. This is the manufacturing sector, uh, and it it was light. It wasn't wasn't great. Matter of fact, if you took out defense and commercial aircraft, uh, actual business in, businesses are not buying. Uh, durable goods uh, was a negative number after you take out Boeing and defense aircraft uh, was a negative number that that got the Atlanta GDP number now if you haven't seen it the Atlanta Federal Reserve has done the best job they're they're at least the closest in in getting the GDP number uh, at least somewhat accurate uh, they are now down to just two tenths so zero point two for the gross domestic product in the first quarter. They start, by the way, they started the year at over three. Matter of fact, I want to say they got to 3.4. And now they're all the way down to two-tenths. And that's annualized. So you got to take the two-tenths and divide it by four to get the the growth in the first quarter. Uh, Jobless claims rose uh, by... Pretty good amount, about fourteen or fifteen thousand. Uh, because every Thursday we get jobless claims. Uh, that's really become a a really hard number to really use anymore because of how many people are working the multiple jobs and the contract jobs and and all of those things that make a lot of people ineligible to file for unemployment benefits. Uh, but that number rose to two hundred fifty-seven thousand. And then they had wholesale inventories. This is another number uh, that missed estimates and led to the further revisions down in the GDP number. So there was, uh, by the way, GDP's tomorrow. So tomorrow we'll get the first look. Of course, all of that seasonally adjusted and and, and actually doubly seasonally adjusted because it's the first quarter. Uh, you know, I, I think we'd be a lot better served if we just came out and said, here's what the real numbers are, and let's kind of deal with that. After the break, we're going to go back in time to Ronald Reagan and see how it all stacks up. Don't touch that dial. That a boy remote back in time. Patriot Radio News Hour, eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. You know, I'll say this. Remember, as, right as the election was approaching, and I said, you know, short term, it'd be better for gold if Hillary won, and short term, it would be uh, worse for gold if Donald won. And of course, that's exactly what it. Well, we don't know. I mean, Hillary didn't win, but but we can surmise that that was correct. But remember, I said longer term, I think Donald Trump's going to be much better for gold. And I was really banking on this tax proposal. This is everything I thought it would be in more. 
pay for it, but we got to do something. And and really, I'm going to say this. Donald Trump's he's right. We do have to do something. Look at what these GDP numbers, and even, even J.P. Morgan says, well, I don't know how many, maybe four-tenths, right? Atlanta Fed, uh, two-tenths. And, and some of them are, are actually negative now. I mean, we are right on the precipice of being in a, well, having negative growth in the first quarter. So something has to be done. And if this number bears out, anything below uh, 1% will be the first time since 1980 that the Federal Reserve has been raising rates with GDP growth this low. Remember, I've been telling all of you as we, you know, you you, you uh, can't rewrite history. In normal times, the Federal Reserve would be talking about lowering rates. And of course, they've been raising them. Uh, but I wanted to, you know, one of the things you got to remember, too, 1980. Remember, we had hyperinflation. And this is, you know, Paul Volcker was given all this credit for crushing the inflation. You know, part of the reason why he got that credit for doing it is because there wasn't any GDP growth, and he raised rates anyway. When Ronald Reagan got into office, The interest rate stood at 21%. By the time he left office, interest rates had fallen to 75 <laughs> Think about 75 which was really almost about average. Could you imagine what we would be talking about today with a Fed's funds rate of seven and a half? I mean, we're at 0.75, not 7.5. So one of the things, by the way, the national debt, and here's what I thought this was kind of interesting. As Ronald Reagan was getting inaugurated, the national debt was getting to roll, getting ready to roll over $1 trillion. During his first year as president, the national debt hit a trillion. Donald Trump, as he's getting inaugurated into office, the debt was getting ready to what? Roll over $20 trillion. And as soon as they come up with a way uh, to fund the government, which now I'm, we're hearing completely, that's supposed to be tomorrow as well. I don't know. Uh, they, they say they may file another executive order to extend it another week, uh, but we'll talk about that a little later. Uh, but the deficit will be $20 trillion. So when you look back at the pro-growth tax cut of Ronald Reagan, and let's face it, too, right? Reagan was, what, the great orator, the great communicator. Donald's not that. Right, we we all know that he's not that, and I would say we are much more divided today than we were during Ronald's time. Right, the Democrats and the Republicans. It seems like the 
the chasm between the two parties is far greater. But let's just look at this from a solely from a mathematical standpoint. Okay, from an you know, let's take away all the politics out of it. Let's just look at some facts. Interest rates fell from twenty one percent to seven. Anytime you have interest rates falling like that, right, that's probably going to help growth, isn't it? Today, interest rates are almost zero. Well, uh, let's just say almost 1%. (laughs) And the Fed is talking about, hey, you know, we may get to 2%. But they're not going to be able to cut them, right? And, well, I guess they could, right? We don't know. But but that's difference number one. Think about if you were applying for a mortgage in 1981. <laughs> or you had to get a car load or any of those other things, right? It's I mean, incredible. So that was one advantage Reagan had. Trump doesn't have. We don't have that advantage. Matter of fact, the Federal Reserve wants to, what, kind of act against national debt started at a trillion dollars. And this is one of those things where, you know, the the pro-growth will grow and pay for it that way really doesn't hold up. So he gets inaugurated at a trillion he leaves office at $2.6 trillion, which at the time was the largest increase, not, and let's say this, largest non-war increase, well, war or otherwise, largest increase in the debt in an eight-year period ever in dollar terms. Percentage-wise, the largest increase in the debt in a non-war era. One of the things that people don't like to talk about, the debt actually rose a lot more than that. And what I'm talking about is that the the Ronald Reagan era was also the creation of that Social Security trust fund. And people, you know, and I hate it when, when people on TV try to pretend that that didn't happen, right? They talk about all the tax cuts. This, the increase in the payroll tax was one of the largest tax increases in the history of the United States. It just was. Now, granted, he cut a bunch of other stuff to offset it, right? But the Social Security Trust Fund, it had $234 billion in it when Ronald Reagan came to office. When Ronald Reagan left office, it had $1.6 trillion in IOUs. So when you add the $1.6 trillion, take, take we had $234 billion. You take that away from the $1.6, you're left with a $1.36 trillion increase 
in the Social Security trust fund, and they took away the trust fund. That was probably the worst part, right? There was no more trust fund. They just they also borrowed that as well. So when you really look at the Reagan era, we had a one trillion dollar national debt, and the Social Security fund it had two hundred thirty four billion dollars in it. With the help of Alan Greenspan, we replaced that fund with $1.6 trillion worth of IOUs. So really, you could make the argument that the debt in the Reagan years went from $1 trillion to $4 trillion. Could you imagine if Donald Trump is talking about, I want to do better than that? If he did it in percentage terms, you'd be talking about an $80 trillion deficit eight years from now. And you got to remember as well, Reagan had interest rates falling. Let's just say the Federal Reserve, in its infinite wisdom, wanted to take the Fed funds rate to three percent. From you know, let's we're not at one yet, but let's just say we get to three. Do you know those two and a quarter percent? Do you know what that would do alone to to the interest payments on the debt? Do you have an idea? Now this would be, be assuming the yield curve follows right and it, it rises accordingly. You'd be adding another almost $600 billion a year to the debt in interest payments. On top of the $600 billion that the one-page outline, at least that's what the scoring is so far. Something, you know, you're hearing uh, 6 and $7 trillion. They do that over 10 years. I don't know why they do it over 10 years, to, but that's just what they do. So when you hear or read the headlines, Trump tax cuts to increase the debt by $6 trillion or $7 trillion, that's what they're talking about. And so you're, you're sitting there and you're, you're like, okay, wait a minute, the debt's already $20 trillion, right? When Ronald got into office, it was only one. Think about, think about, we went like 200 in five years to get to the first trillion dollars, of which 600 billion of that one trillion had came in the last decade, from 1971 to 1981. You know, you think about that's the 71 was the year we left the gold standard completely. Right now we have a fully floating fiat currency. And gold was allowed to what? Trade freely. Since that time, since 1971, no investment has done better, none. It's just a fact. Do your own math. Now, we kind of look at we don't Donald Trump won't have falling rates even though GDP 
right? GDP this quarter says ah, we, we probably should, but we won't. So he doesn't have that advantage. The deficit is 20 times larger. And not only does he not have the growth of the trust fund, right? Ronald Reagan got an extra $1.4 trillion out of that thing over the eight years. Donald Trump's going to have the exact opposite problem. Right where that trust fund that we already had spent starts, what, falling. So when you really look at this pro-growth platform, you really can't expect anything close to what we got from Ronald Reagan. And that's putting aside, hey, Trump's not Reagan, right? He doesn't, he doesn't speak nearly as well. He's not the great communicator, right? He's the great, <laughs> right? He's the great Twitter president. I don't know. But there is no doubt. Make no mistake about it. He is trying to get growth. The problem is. He can't get the growth that Reagan got because he doesn't have nearly the factors going in his favor that Reagan did. Picture Radio News Hour. It's halftime on a Thursday. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, presenting a daily conservative pro-family perspective since 1983 and continuing the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now, from the Phyllis Schlafly Center Studios, here's Ryan Hyatt. During the Roosevelt and Truman years, Republican candidates used to hold forth on a subject called creeping socialism. This was defined as the growth of big government, taxes, debt, bureaucrats, and controls, all leading to the ultimate horror of socialism like England. I doubt that many votes were swayed by this oratory. The result sounded too remote and the semantics too extravagant. But it's now time for all those tiresome Cassandras to loudly proclaim, I told you so. The lesson of England is indeed a specter to make us shudder. But the growth of our own government has been greater than even the most pessimistic prophecies of the 1940s. It took 173 years for the U.S. federal budget to reach $100 billion in 1962. In 2015, 53 years later, the U.S. budget clocked in at an unfathomable $3.8 trillion. These leaps since 1962 represent a more than 3,700% increase in just 28% of our country's existence. Phyllis Schlafly addressed this subject in 1975 and said then that the government bureaucracy has grown so fast that today one out of every six working persons is employed directly by some governmental unit. One of the reasons for the growth of this bureaucracy is the phenomenon that can be called regulatory reflex. When anyone sees something he thinks is undesirable, the suggestion immediately follows that the government substitute its decision-making power for the free market. This often results in one group of zealots determining what they think is good for us and then making the rest of us pay for it. She continued, President Ford stated recently that by the year 2000, 50% of our people will be living off the other 50%. 
This means that every taxpayer will be carrying on his back not only his own family dependents, but another citizen drawing unemployment insurance, Social Security, Medicare, or general welfare payments. Once again, Phyllis Schlafly was absolutely right. We are headed for a cliff. But as Phyllis said, the question is, as we head for the cliff, are we creeping or galloping? This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. On the blog at PSEagles.com, you are invited to take a stand against those who would mock traditional values, slander America, or try to redefine the family. PSEagles.com is your site to speak from the heart, ask questions, and get honest feedback. Won't you join the conversation at PSEagles.com? Thanks for listening, and join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Patriot Radio News Hour, our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. And, and, you know, we're just looking at what the realities are. And I will say this. I actually, first of all, obviously what they released yesterday, the the one-pager, right, not much of of anything. Right, it's it's some talking points at best, uh, but at least outlines. Hey, if you let me have everything, this is what I want. And as we looked in there, you know, one of the things we got more information than I had from yesterday. So we know about the corporate tax cut, right? We'll call that the Wall Street cut, right? They say small business in there, but you got to be careful what they really mean by small business. Most small businessmen uh, don't, you know, we all try to operate with as little profit in the corporation or the small business entity as possible because obviously we know we got to pay the 35% tax rate. Well, 39% if you're in the top bracket. And we, we, we basically put it in our income and pay personal tax on that. And the only time you really try to ramp that up is when you're <laughs> when you're going to get ready to sell the company, and then you want to show it as profitable as possible. But nonetheless, let's just say obviously that's mostly for Wall Street. They want to get rid of the death tax, the alternative minimum tax, uh, the Obamacare tax. I mean, there's a lot of taxes that for the richest Americans that will go away. They don't, as we broke down yesterday. They don't really add up to a lot of the total revenue. Remember yesterday we said individuals pay 42% or 47%. The uh, the payroll tax is 33%. So you've got 80% of all federal revenue just, just in those two items. Right? They're not doing anything to the payroll tax. Right? Because already that's not even enough. Social Security and Medicare need all of that plus. So that 33% stays unchanged. That leaves, you know, the the other, what, 67%, of which the biggest piece of that is the individual taxes, right? He wants to go down to just three tax brackets. 10%, 25%. Is that right? I'll have to... 
I'm going to have to look at the numbers. I know it's three, three brackets. I thought it was 10, 25, and 35. I think that's, I think that's right, 10, 25, and 35. And remember, though, about half, just under half, of all people that file taxes don't pay any income tax. They may pay the payroll tax, but they don't pay any payroll ta- or any personal income tax. So that only leaves about the other half of the people that may get some form of a cut. And really, when you think about it, about 60%, you could take, you know, 42% pay nothing. 42 actually get money back. 42% actually get some money back. Another 20%, they pay something, but it's not a lot. So when they talk about, hey, all of this is tax cuts for the wealthy. Yeah, it is. Because, well, there's not that many people that actually pay. There's just not. Which is part of the problem to begin with. But one of the things that I think that everybody is not talking about is what we just laid out. The economic environment is completely different. The Federal Reserve isn't going to, I mean, think about, even when we went, remember during the crash, interest rates were only like five and a quarter, maybe five and a half. And they went to zero. Interest rates in the Reagan era went from 21 to seven. A far greater Right, that was it. Fell almost fourteen points. I mean, we 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 got five. The national debt was only a trillion when he started. Even when he added everything, he only got to four. So now, as Trump is going to be blowing up the deficits, and let's say it's going to be big, right? If he can get any of this passed, how much of this can get passed, nobody really knows. But when we look at what the numbers really come to bear, it really is difficult to see how much growth we're really going to get. So I I will say this in this one little page. I do want to give credit to the Trump administration for saying, you know what, if we do all of this, (laughs) if we do all of this, right, we bring the corporate tax rate down to 15%, the small business tax rate down to 15%, we, we increase the standard deduction and we do this and that and blah, 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 and everything else they want to do, we think we can possibly get GDP to get to three percent that's it not four not five you know Reagan had GDP almost a seven yeah and and now you can kind of understand why it is that quite honestly it's not going to work I don't even know if you can get three <laughs> 
I really don't. And this is, you know, the mother of all tax cuts. And and we kind of made this case the other day. We're out of money. I hate to say it. Yeah, there's some there's some people doing well. There are. You bet. But 75%, and it may even be 80%, we're out of money. Don't have any more. I tweeted it out this morning. Credit card defaults now. But we've been, ta- I've been telling you about the auto defaults. Now the credit card defaults up 13% so far this year. 13%, that's huge. So now we're having trouble making the car payment. We're having trouble making the credit card payment. We're having trouble making the student loan payment. We're having trouble making the mortgage payment. I mean, this is just the reality. What did 0% for almost 10 years really do? Put about 80% of the population on the verge of a bankruptcy. That's really what it's done. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. This is what we're up against. So we're sitting here at a time when we want to grow the deficit Reagan-esque. But we are going to get far less for it. And there's a couple of reasons, right? One is already, well, the debt's now $20 trillion. That's that's number one, right? And that's not counting everything else, right? That's not counting the underfunded liability. That's not counting the Federal Reserve's balance sheet. Right, right back when Reagan was, was president, the Federal Reserve's balance sheet was probably only a couple hundred billion dollars, if that. Now four and a half trillion. We are not going to be in an environment where interest rates are going to be falling dramatically. That's not going to happen. We're not going to be in an environment where we're going to create another Social Security Ponzi scheme, right? You know, and people don't remember any of this stuff, but, you know, Social Security was pay as you go. That $200 billion balance, that was really the balance for decades. That's about how much money the government left in there because it was just they just collected enough to pay as they went. And they knew, hey, in 1981, we need about $200 billion. So they would collect, they'd, they have the $200 billion, and then they'd collect the, the next $200 billion for the next year. And if that year, that $200 billion, like, oh, you know what, we're going to need $250 billion. They would adjust that payroll tax by a little bit. So when they came to the Social Security, they spent it all. Right? It was just another. It was a different way to grow the debt without acting like they were really growing the debt. I mean, let's call it what it was. Right? They hoodwinked us. Right? They they conned us. They scammed us. Whatever word you want to use. Because the one thing that they did in the legislation, 
And this is how they got it all to pass. Because, you know, when uh, President Obama was, you can keep your doctor and it's going to reduce the deficit, talking about the Obamacare stuff, right? right? I mean, that's what he said. By the time the actual bill got passed, none of that stuff was true. They did the same thing in the 80s. Right? Hey, we need to save it now. We're going to give you this big tax cut. We're going to grow this economy. And, oh, by the way, we're going to save for your retirement. And everybody was like, oh, okay, great. Well, when they actually passed the legislation, they took out the part about what? Saving it. (laughs) Right? The important part. It's kind of like the airlines when they make the reservation and then they don't want to actually hold the reservation. They want you to get off the plane. Same thing. This is what is really going to happen. We're going to get a big increase in the debt. But now we're going to get an even bigger one. Like I've been telling you for I don't know how long, the debt's going to be $40 trillion in 10 years, not 30 40 And Donald Trump may make it 50 The difference will be we aren't going to get 5 6 7% GDP. If they're going to tell us 3 which is what Mnuchin said yesterday. What do you think the real number is going to be? I mean, really. I mean, it's not like they guessed low, right? I mean, it'd be one thing if they had a history. Well, you know, we we think it's going to be uh, three, and then it comes back six. History tells us they always guess too high. The dream scenario, the unicorn frappuccino scenario, never happened. So if they're telling us three, are we? What are we really going to get two? Listen, and I can tell you right now, these GDP numbers—they're terrible. I mean, I think Donald Trump, I don't even think Donald Trump and his group of guys knew it was going to be this bad. And so now we've got a big hole to dig out of. And so when we start really looking about what is really going to happen over these, you know, assuming nothing bad, right, assuming no recession. Assuming these consumer defaults, they got to stop. But right now, they're gaining speed. Now, now, it was one thing, we saw it in subprime autos, but now we're seeing it all in all autos. Now it's the credit cards, right? Student loans, I'll tell you, we know that, that number is abysmal as it is. And then we start looking at housing. Are we back? Are, are, are we going to have another problem? You know, pending home sales fell this month, and they said, oh, it's lack of inventory. I mean, these prices are sky high. Again, remember, they didn't fix it, right? They covered it up. You know why there's no inventory of homes? Wall Street owns them all. 
well, Wall Street and the Chinese, right? <laughs> you took away all the foreign buyers, because they, they just buy them and they sit there. There's really not much of a house, and I hate to say it, but that's just facts. Home ownership rates are actually falling. They're not right. I wish they were, but they're not. Patriot Radio News, our final segment on a Thursday. Final segment, Patriot Radio News Tower. <laughs> Sorry about that. Whew. I had to sprint back in here. I was uh, talking with Arlene and helping out a customer. Our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. Uh, tomorrow is going to be the release of the first quarter GDP. And now uh, pretty much nobody's expecting a great number. Uh, quick look here at the market. The Dow is pretty flat today. Uh, up two points. Uh, the S&P's up one. Uh, gold's up two bucks, $1,266. Uh, silver's down seven cents at 1729 I've got a, a great value today on U.S. Silver Eagles. Uh, we picked the date, 9995 dollars $99.95 delivered. That's $19.99. Uh, you look at that silver at seventeen twenty nine. dollars It's $270 over. That's one of the, boy, I don't remember. You have to go way back uh, when the mint, when I first started, I think the mint was charging 45 cents over spot for the, for most of the last 10 years, $2.70 over spot would have been at or below by cost. So you can see how far uh, the premiums have come in. Just a great opportunity. Uh, cases of U.S. Silver Eagles, $9,995. I really like silver, and I said this uh, earlier this week. I like silver a lot. Under $18. I love Silver at seventeen dollars, love it. So here at seventeen twenty nine, uh, I'm, I'm somewhere between uh, really, really, really like them and love them. Uh, Nine thousand nine ninety five delivered on U.S. Silver Eagles uh, on the gold market. This is before the GDP number, and if we get a number uh, that the Atlanta Fed thinks or worse. Uh, probably going to, I would imagine, would be a good day for gold tomorrow. U.S. twenty dollar uh, gold pieces, thirteen and a quarter. So you think about that. I mean, gold's twelve sixty, twelve hundred and sixty six. Let's call it twelve sixty five because the math's easier. Thirty five, twenty five, forty sixty dollars over spot at eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Uh, put it away. You're going to be glad that you did, especially when you think about what we're really up against. 
know, one of the reasons why people love to listen to this show because it gives perspective. This is nothing like the Ronald Reagan tax cuts. Nothing. Matter of fact, the only thing I guess that you could say is similar is Donald wants to take a big chunk. Is it going to be for the wealthy? Yes. Yes, it is. Trickle-down economics, probably what it's going to be. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back tomorrow talking GDP. Everybody have a great rest of your Thursday. And we'll see what tomorrow may bear.